0: This is the Hockey News Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody, it's the Hockey News Podcast. We are back to something that is resembling normal. It's Matt Larkin here with Ryan Kennedy, Ken Campbell, the usual three, except. The three amigos. The three amigos, except there's a twist. It's not quite a normal podcast because it's the Hot Take Podcast. Uh These takes are sizzling. You Mm. need oven mitts for these takes. (laughs) That's how hot they are. All right? Really? Have you guys heard of the thing where to say hot take, you're supposed to spell it like T-A-E-K?
0: I have seen that on Twitter.
2: Cause I'll, ne- I'll never do that. I'll I never want ever to. do that. I'll never ever do that.
1: I'm just too vain. I'm afraid that people are not going to know that, and they're going to write like you. You spelled it wrong. But even though I think that it, is, the and meme. they'd be
2: right because you did spell it wrong. But if I think the mean. If you spelled T A E K for take, no, it's a hot teak. That's a that's, that's like a, hot, a piece of furniture. It's a perfect. That's a piece of. Oh no, it's T A T A E K. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it would also be all
0: caps.
1: Oh yeah, that's how you do it. I think so. doing that yeah. It's a good meme, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So we're going to have a lot of hot takes in this podcast, <gasps> right even on. more than normal from Ken, if that's possible. Um, but first, we're going to get to a little bit of stuff in the news. Um, first of all, Eric Carlson—the name has been sort of dormant for a while. But last week, Elliot LA Friedman of Sportsnet it got out there that he'd mentioned maybe Vancouver was in on Carlson. That was since it seems to be refuted, yeah. <laughs> but it sort of got people talking about Carlson again, and now the question is starting to press. Will he be an Ottawa senator by October, or will he? Will a trade finally be worked out before then? What do you guys think?
2: Why are we even talking about this? I don't know. You tell me. Why Ken? are you we even me. talking about this? <laughs> because if our industry has proven one thing over the last couple of months, like everybody's swinging and missing on this one, there's been more misinformation about Eric Carlson and his upcoming trade from the Ottawa Senators than there's ever been in anything in hockey history and I'm willing to say that right now hot take I think G-A-K. you have a point yeah.
1: I do think that there's been there's sometimes an obsession with the race to be first Yeah, people oh, no, are absolutely. so obsessed yeah. Yeah. and it's not to call out any one particular person because like you said Ken everybody yeah. seems to have a Carlson thing Right. Um, but sometimes I feel like if people just took their time yeah. there would yeah. be more correct takes instead of first so, takes so
2: my answer to this question is I don't know because nobody knows. Nobody knows. And anybody who says they know is lying or is very, very misguided. Because, as I said, every it, it's its almost like virtually every piece of information that's been put out there about this has been wrong. Like, almost every... We well, even the Canadian team. Except for team. the fact that he's got a year left on his contract and he'll probably be traded. Okay. Right. But, but to say that he's going to have a new team by October... I you know I'm kind of def- I'm kind of sabotaging my own argument here, but I don't think <laughs> so. I don't think so. Mm. Um, this is a complicated, complicated trade. It's going to take a while, and I think I, I think teams are going to have to see how healthy he is first. They're going to see what he's capable of accomplishing. If he comes out and gets you know 15 points in the first 12 games, and he's the best offensive defenseman in the league, like he was a couple of years ago, then you're gonna see the the queue lining out the door. Um, but I, I don't, and again, this is my sense. He could be traded 10 minutes after this podcast is over with, for all I know. I don't think anybody knows.
0: I, I had a similar thought about the health situation because if you're a team acquiring Eric Carlson, if you looked at his most recent body of work, it wasn't on par with the Norris caliber nope you know, the, the multiple Norris winner we we know, I, I think you have to see him play in October before you trade for him and and say,
2: how's that half an
0: ankle bone doing?
2: Well, because, and because, you know, you're not just trading for Eric Carlson for this season. If you're trading for Eric Carlson for him, you're trading for him to get him and to sign him to a long-term deal, yeah. right? So you have, like, I mean, so you have to be even more sure. He's that, not a rental. That he, yeah, <laughs> you have to be even more sure that he can uh be a be a an elite player this year and for at least the next at least half of the next contract right yeah
1: well what i'm wondering too is if maybe the the potential suitors are wanting to render him a rental and what I mean is, if you're, let's say, the Dallas Stars, which was one of the teams that was linked to him most, instead of surrendering Mira Heiskanen and signing Carlson to that extension, maybe you do want to see Carlson healthy. You want to trade for him partway through the season. The price goes way down. You don't have to include Heiskanen if it's a rental. And then you can be one of many teams that tries to sign Carlson as an unrestricted free agent in the mm. summer. And I, I think that's what we're going to see with Max Pacioretty as well because, as we've said before on this podcast, the one, one full season is the most awkward price to figure out in the trade market. We understand what it costs to get a guy as a rental, we understand what it costs to get a guy with multiple years left on his deal, but when it's one year, it's just such an awkward price because you have to figure out is the extension going to come into play. The only thing I wonder is just from a public relations standpoint, do the Ottawa Senators need to get this done before the season starts because it's going to be pretty awkward to have Carlson in your lineup as your captain a night one of the season. If you know that your captain is gone and if he hates being there now, and it's just all the relations have broken down with Eugene Melnick reportedly. Then do you just need to
2: turn the page by October 1st? No, not, not just to get a deal done. No way. Not just for the sake of getting a deal done, because if it was for the sake of getting a deal done, they would have had a deal by now. Mm-hmm. They would have made the deal by now. They've got to hit like, a, a, they've got to hit like a, Babe Ruth mammoth shot with this trade, yeah, right. Like they can't just hit a home run; it's got to be a grand slam. There's got to be like there's got to be like five guys on base, you know, (laughs) on on this one. Um, You know, so so I think no, I don't think you do it just to save. Like, I mean, what, you know, what the the reputation of the Ottawa Senators is going to get more tarnished than it is now. (laughs) Like seriously, like like it's like the guy in uh, it's like the guy in Life of Brian who's getting crucified. And he says the Lord's name in vain, and he says you're making it worse for yourself. And the guy's like dancing around, going, "How can I make it any worse for myself?" <laughs> so, like it's it's like that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, their name has already been dragged through the excrement a number of times. So I mean, you've got to make the you've got to make the best trade you can make, and I, I don't think you make it just for the sake of of clearing up this little Eric Carlson blemish that you have on yeah. your organization. Right. Plus,
0: if it's opening night and the fans know that this is an issue between Carlson and Melnick, I don't think they're going to side with Melnick. Right. And that's the thing with Ottawa is, I, I mean, the, the fans know, they know what's going on. It's, it's a really rough situation, the way the franchise has been handled. And I think for them, you know, I'm sure... They would love to keep Carlson, but they're also realistic. And they would love for him to go to a good situation. But at the same time, get a really good package of picks, prospects, players, whatever, in return. I think, obviously, that's the priority for GMP or Dorian. And, I mean, it's, it's got to be from a position of strength. I think if you wait until the deadline... Then teams say, "Well, we're only getting him for this amount of time, unless it's a sign and trade situation. Right. So we're only going to offer you X amount." It, it's it's a really tough situation. If that
2: happens and this turns to be a turns out to be a rental trade for the Senators, that's like that's like the absolute worst case scenario that they could have ever imagined yeah. for yeah. for this trade happening. Well, the the worst would
0: be if they just let him play out the contract and just lose him by a <laughs> yeah, yeah. or he
2: gets hurt on February 12th oh. yeah you can't rule yeah. out anything yeah. the yeah. franchise yeah. is
1: cursed so yeah. uh, another interesting piece of news the Toronto Maple Leafs last week hired Haley Wickenheiser as their assistant director of player development very exciting news and it s- sort of seems to open a door the way we've seen in the NBA with Becky Harmon and then the San Antonio Spurs Um, Some of the questions Possible detractors On social media Are saying Is this just a PR stunt For the Leafs I personally don't think it is uh, Based on what we know Of Kyle Dubas so far But I'm curious What you guys think Uh, Is this the start Of something big For for women in the NHL In terms of Getting authoritative roles And and jobs Or do you think At this point It's still a PR move By the Leafs
2: I, I don't think it's a PR move I mean they had her In rookie camp right Right So um that she was kind of on that path and now she's going to be the assistant director of player development which i assume means she's going to be sort of a quasi kind of skills coach kind of mm-hmm. thing and and sort of keeping tabs on prospects and that sort of thing i mean why couldn't Haley wickenheiser do this mm. you know why couldn't she do it i mean i always go back to jay feaster jay feaster doesn't know how to skate He's never played in a real hockey game in his life. Mm-hmm. Never played a hockey game. Doesn't even know how to skate. He he was the GM of a Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah. Right. So um, you know, I mean, I mean, why couldn't Haley Wickenheiser do this job? The the thing I will say about Haley Wickenheiser is, I mean, it appears like she's on track unless she ends up becoming, you know, like the world's greatest doctor, which could very well happen. <laughs> yeah. She she seems to be on track to be in some sort of coaching slash management position in the NHL at some point someday. I don't know if she's going to be any good. She may be lousy at it. She may not be very good at it. Yeah, you, you know? say
1: that with she,
0: respect. You right, can't say exactly. one she way may, or another. She
2: may not be very good at yeah. it. Because, she may
0: be the Wayne Gretzky of yeah, exactly, hockey coaches. Yeah, exactly, never know. because <laughs> there's
2: been a lot of star players who haven't been good GMs and haven't been good coaches. And, and that may happen to her too. But what I am prepared to say is that if she's not good at it, or 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 if, even if she's good at it, her her performance will not be dictated by her gender. Her performance will be dictated by how hard she works and and how much she's willing to sacrifice and and you know how, how much she's willing to dig in and, and do all those things. It's it's not going to be dictated by her gender. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what I also found interesting about the the new hires is I mean with Haley Wickenheiser obviously that's a huge name in the hockey world. Uh, but Noel Needham, who was hired as an amateur scout, I read one anecdote where you know, the Leafs had potential uh, you know, scouts send in reports and they were, they were anonymous. So the <laughs> Leafs looked at the reports and they picked the best person based on those anonymous reports and it was Noel Needham. Cool. So I think that's the important thing for people to remember now is when you're getting into hiring at the NHL level, because there's a salary cap on players, you can only do so much on the player side. But on the scouting and management side, yeah, there's yeah, no cap, yeah, no. so that's where teams can can get a big advantage. And you know, with the Leafs, obviously they're flush with cash because of uh, you know the market they play in and the organization that they've built with multiple uh, professional teams. But this is a place where they can take the blinders off. They don't have to rely on bringing in, you know, a scout who was just an old player of theirs and they kind of assume, like, well, you know, he knows the game because he played it. What they can do now is say, okay, with the entire world open to us, with money being no object, how can we get the best talent? How can we, you know, get that market efficiency? Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what the results are because, you know, Kyle Dubas is a young guy, Um, I think he's made some great hires so far uh, when it comes to these scouts. And with Noelle Needham, here's a person who clearly has the chops to do the job. Would she have been looked at for this job 10 years ago? Maybe not. And I think this is a great opportunity because there's only so many ex-players that actually know how to scout the game. There's only so many of those people out
2: there. Well, that's not a transferable (laughs) skill.
0: No. I mean, it's in not. coaching,
2: I, I could see a little bit in coaching where, you know, th- there is a benefit to being an ex player. Mm-hmm. There, there definitely is. And, 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 and I can see that. Um, although there have been guys who, you know, I mean, some of the greatest coaches in the history of the game. You know, Scotty Bowman. Scotty Bowman uh, yeah. You know, Mike Mike Babcock. They never played in the NHL, but mm. but I can see where you can make that argument that there is a transferable skill between coaching and and playing. Mm. There's no transferable skill between scouting and salary cap management and <laughs> managing teams and managing organizations and administration. There's yeah. no transferable. Yeah, There's a transferable skill from accounting to yeah, salary yeah. cap There's management. There's no yeah, transferable yeah, yeah. skill between playing and running an organization. There yeah. isn't. And if
1: I'm a, a betting man. I, I I'm gonna bet that Haley Wickenheiser does a, a really good job because to me she has a very interesting perspective because as a female player playing with women, she was a dominant, powerful player, right, and used her physicality yeah. to dominate. But when she moved over and played pro with men, she had to rely. She was no longer the biggest, strongest person on the ice. She had to rely on, on playing a much more cerebral game, right. and using right. that that type right. of skill. Right. So she's been in both worlds, and she yeah. I think that that should translate really well to coaching players yeah. and. Coaching them to think the game really well because she had to think her way into success when she was playing with
2: men. And if and if anybody wants to talk about you know toughness and grit and all that, she can just say, "Um, "Yeah, I played the uh, gold medal game and sochi on a broken ankle, and I was the best player on the ice. Best (laughs) player on the ice at the age of like thirty something." So shut up. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Uh,
1: Now it's time for some sizzling, hot takes, (coughs) fresh out of the oven. Mm. Noise. Uh, so we're playing the hot takes game. Kids say noise, noise. <laughs> uh, but th- there's a disclaimer. Don't forget, these are hot takes. They're not cold takes. So, we're going to be making <laughs> bold predictions. Ticks. Honestly, people need to know this. I, I did a thing last year, bold predictions, and some guy at the end of the year was like, oh, look, none of them came true. Yeah, they're bold predictions. They're supposed yeah. to be far-fetched. Yeah. That's the point of the game. Yeah. So
2: we're going to did not win the Calder Trophy. Although, although, he, although he got a first-place vote.
1: Damn, he came close. And he got a first-place <laughs> vote. He got a first-place vote. That wasn't that from was Ken, reading. by the way. Wasn't that from wasn't from Ken. Him. Yeah, because yeah. you can read it. It's all it's all online available <laughs> to, to see. Uh, hot
2: take. All right. Ten-year-old first. The Chicago Blackhawks will finish thirty-first overall in the NHL, and they will begin their Stanley Cup rebuild by winning the lottery and drafting Jack Hughes first overall. I like.
1: You know what? I don't think I agree with you so much that I don't even know if it's a hot take.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's lukewarm.
1: He'll become
2: the heir apparent. Patrick Kane will pass the baton to Jack Hughes, who's a very similar skilled player, right? Star players. To take over the franchise and yeah. usher it back into contention.
0: Yeah, and I will say this, because I I love making the Hughes Patrick Kane comparison, but I, I saw Hughes this summer, and I'm like, man, he's bigger than I remember. I think he's already probably bigger than Patrick Kane. <laughs> so, I yeah. Be goalies be very fearful of Jack Hughes. It's interesting because we've been talking about
1: Jack Hughes for several years now. I just picture this little child on the ice. Like I know. Like, I'm picturing this little kid dangling people. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, I, He's hitting puberty. Yeah, I he's feel not kind of small. I,
0: I feel almost dumb because it's like, yeah, he's a lot bigger than when I saw him in the OHL Cup as a 15 year old. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's almost as if time has an
1: effect. Wow, on yeah. age. He's yeah. not getting any younger. Yeah. yeah. Nope. All right, so that's your take. It's a good one. I take. good one. That's a good
0: one. All right, yeah. Ryan. Uh, Buffalo will make the playoffs. Ooh. Yes. Oh. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. I just, I, I look at that top six right now, yeah, it's and
2: uh,
0: it's kind of sexy, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, with Eichel and Stat, you got two really good centers. And then you look at their wingers now, you've, you've got some nice <laughs> options. you got Akpozo, you got Reinhardt, you got Jeff Skinner now, who I think is going to be unleashed uh, now that he has... Uh, a top-tier center to play with, and, whether and, it's Eichel or Middlestad.
2: And Eichel f- will finally have a left winger to play with. Exactly. That's, that might be the more important thing there. here, is that if they find Jack Eichel a left winger, mm-hmm. that's pretty. Right. that could be scary. Yeah.
0: And you got Connor Sheery up there as well. You have a, a proven winner, a guy that knows how to create things. Um, so I like that. And then with Darlene coming in on the back end, uh, Zach Bogosian's healthy you know, Rasmus Ristelainen won't have to do as much. Marco Scandella won't have to do as much. All of a sudden, it's a pretty nice top four. And I mean, Carter Hutton, I mean, if he can be, you know, even 80% of what he was in St. Louis, that's better than anything Buffalo has had since, you know, like the Ryan Miller heyday. Right. Um, I, I just think that know, that's, that's gonna be enough. I don't know if it's sustainable, you know, like they might make the playoffs this year then miss next year, um, but I, I think they can do it this year.
1: And the thing about Rasmus Dahlin as well, and when I was doing a story and I'm before the draft talking to a lot of his former coaches, um, even if the offense doesn't arrive right away, which is sometimes takes time for big, strong, sure. young defensemen, everything that his coaches told me, uh, Roger Ronberg and uh, with Forlunda, and... Um, and Thomas Montan with the World Juniors, they said his defensive game is so ferocious and angry and mean already <laughs> that he's he's going to be an impact shutdown guy. Mm. People talk about his offense, but he's going to be a shutdown guy early, mm. which I think, like you said, will really take pressure off. Poor Rasmus yeah, who who's just right. being burdened with monster ice time on a bad team. So yeah. I think you have a point. Uh, my hot take will be... The Philadelphia Flyers have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Oh! And again, this is a hot take. I'm not saying that this is <laughs> what I actually think, but I think it's in, within the realm of possibility. Uh, we already, of course, love that defense core. I think Ivan Provov is going to take another step forward. they got Travis Sanheim knocking on the door. Philippe Myers knocking on the door. Already have Ghost Bear. Great young defense core. Uh, and their forward core is really deep. They've added James Van Riemsdyk, And they've got amazing strength on the right side, especially, with Travis Konechny, Jacob Voracek, Wayne Simmons. Nolan Patrick, people forget he had a quiet rookie season, but he was banged up all summer. He's going to be a much different player this year, good. year two. He, was good. And he, no, he came was on, good. yeah, he came on strong. Oh, no, he was, but serious. he started a yeah, little slow. Yeah, he started slowly, very slow, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. he's going to take a big step forward. So I really like the Flyers' top six, and obviously, Drew on the left. Couturier is one of the best shutdown centers in the league. Uh, Obviously, goalie. Goal goal I a. saved a. that for last. That's why this is a hot take. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be a cold take. But part of the hot take is Carter uh, Hart will be there. Carter Hart wins his job at a yeah. camp. And uh, and he wins the best. The, uh, the he, wins in the the <laughs> he goes. He does the 2009 Steve Mason. That's part I, of the hot take.
0: Right? I spoke to Carter Hart yesterday, and his his goal is to like make the team. Yes. That's why that's why I'm calling it because I know that yeah. Hart has been saying that all summer, right? Yeah. And there you go. It's corroborated even more recently. Yeah. So I, I was like, "Do you know what the plan is for Lee?" Valley's like, well, I'm gonna to try to make the NHL. And why not?
2: Like, why sure. wouldn't he? You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, he's, he's obviously proved that he's an elite goalie, mm. uh, and I mean, maybe he doesn't need that time in the minors. You, you always kind of assume that guys need yeah. that time in the minors, yeah. especially with. Defensemen and goalies, but maybe maybe this is a guy who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Someone's
0: got to do
1: it. He's one of the most hyped goaltending prospects in a long time. Not yeah. necessarily
0: in his draft year, but it, since he's yeah, really yeah. developed it's, a it's lot. It's really built up. Yeah. I mean, last year he was winning goalie of the year in the dub basically every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is crazy. Showing the consistency, and he's a real student from
2: what I understand too. A
0: yeah, he's really he's really into yeah. the mental side of the game. Um, and yeah, you spend a summer preparing.
2: And you're going to see a much better, Philly fans are going to see a much better Carter Hart in training camp. Because last year in training camp, he had Mono. Uh-huh. And, that, and that was why he really, he didn't do well at all hmm. in camp. Uh-huh. And then once he got his feet back under him and, and started, to, you know, getting his strength back, then it was like crazy, crazy. He was crazy good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, now some reader questions. And the questions are going to gonna keep the hot take theme. They're a little out there. Uh, the first one is from uh, again tough to pronounce this one Hephaestion twelve whatever that means <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hephaestion yeah Hefistion, why wouldn't yeah. a guy call
2: himself Hefistion? I think it's I think it's
1: a, a lady Hephaestion oh, okay uh, and Hephaestion asks who do you think would give the best hugs in the league uh, I thought of my answer instantly so I really must feel confident in this person's hugs mm. I'm going with Scott Darling he's six foot six he's two hundred and thirty pounds he's got a beard he's, he looks like a real cuddly dude. Mm. And he's also been through, he's overcome a lot, his lot in his life. Damn so right. he's, he's been through some pain. I think he's an empathetic guy who's yeah. just going to, he's going to hold that hug an extra second or two,
2: and he's going to envelop <laughs> you with his giant Okay, then, but are we talking about a guy who's going to need a hug or give a good <laughs> hug? Well, no, I think <laughs> because that guy, if anybody <laughs> needed a hug last yeah. year, that was last Scott year, Darling. Yeah. That's fair. And maybe Enjoying this year. Yeah. Well, maybe the
1: best hugs are mutual. You
2: know? maybe. maybe. There you go.
1: The so Scott Darling, that's my hug right okay. there. Okay. Right.
2: Mine is uh, P.K. Subban. Hmm? yeah without getting, a doubt yeah. i mean here's a guy who's completely gregarious yeah. you know loves everybody loves his life in a great place making a ton of money gives money to children's hospitals you know i mean he's He's kinda of the all around guy, so I would think that if you you know, if you were like, uh, come on, bring an PK, he'd mm-hmm. be like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. And I'm one. gonna go with uh, Alex Ovechkin. Particularly I go now yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. particularly <laughs> now. It would yeah. be garrulous. You might break a rib. Yeah, um, yeah. but it would be worth it. And uh, yeah. he might even spin you around once. <laughs> he might. Yeah. He
2: might. You could like lift your legs in the air. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Just watch out for, watch out for Andre Vasilevsky. As I've said before, that guy crushed my hand with a ah. handshake. He would probably crush you with a hug too. Yeah, yeah. Like you I shook Eric, I've,
2: I've shaken Eric Lindros's hands on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. But Name like I've, I've got, my hand is like hmm. Hall of Fame small, right? <laughs> like it's like, it's like he just takes the whole arm and, just, and like lifts me up and down. Your shoes
1: are small too. I took a picture once of my shoes beside your shoes in our hotel room just to see the comparison. Nothing weird yeah, about the, that. Yeah, yeah, the myth is But I was like, wow. The shit.
2: myth isn't true, eh? Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> <now
1: we can. laughs> TMI. T-M-I. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, Mr. Mike, 14, I believe. Mr. Mike's going to get roasted for this one, but hey, it's hot yeah. takes, okay? So we can't sure, judge. Sure, Do you think Austin Matthews will pull a John Tavares and leave for Arizona?
2: Oh, at the age of 28? Oh, because... I th- I thought the question was is John DeVere, is John DeVere, is Austin Matthews leaving for Arizona?
1: Mr. Mike doesn't specify, yeah. so I mean you could answer the question any way you want. I think I mean leaving means he has uh, the power to leave.
2: Yeah, yeah implies yeah, probably yeah, yeah. UFA. It would be, it would be mm-hmm. as a UFA at the age of twenty-eight. Um, mm-hmm. I doubt it. I doubt it, I, I, but but it all it, but I mean it's not going to be because he's from Arizona or because he's this or that. It's going to be when he's twenty eight years old. Where are the Leafs? Yeah. Um. And where's his game? And where are the Arizona Arizona Coyotes? Like if they're one of the best teams in the league, if they're even in Arizona by that <laughs> time, um, you know. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think he's going to sit there and go, boy, I can't wait till I'm 28 years old so I can go back and play at home. Right. Like, I just, I, that doesn't that doesn't do it for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Particularly, you know, if he wins a cup or multiple cups in Toronto. I mean, for the duration of that time, he's going to have John Tavares. He's going to have Mitch Marner. He's going to have William yeah. Nylander. Like, there's going to be a really nice base there to play with. So, I mean, Arizona's got some nice players as well, no doubt. But uh, I I don't think there's that same burning pull Mm -hmm. in, uh, in Austin Matthew. And I think Tavares,
1: yes, he came home, but his main reason for signing with Leafs, it was a hockey reason, right? Mm. It was The key to the pitch was the, the team and the, the success, yeah. and that's why Stamkos, a couple of years back, didn't sign, because Toronto wasn't in a good place yet, yeah. right, even though he could have come home. And I, it's funny, can you say in passing the moving of, of Arizona, but I don't. I think that's a legitimate factor. Do you think the Coyotes will be well, yeah, in Arizona well, in eight, he eight he years? He won't be able eight to eight move there if they Yeah, ain't like I think <laughs> they'll be the Houston Coyotes by then, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next question is from Devon Genereux. and Devon, or maybe Devon, asks: Is it possible Tom Dundon, 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 makes Carolina makes Carolina terrible? This is a good hot take. Makes Carolina terrible in hopes that the NHL allows a relocation to Houston. This is so out there that it physically hurts me to ask. I happen to think they're still a good
2: team. Poor Devon, not an effing chance. No way does someone who's a gazillionaire or whatever he is a bazillionaire say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, you know, deliberately sabotage this asset that I have in order to be able to devalue it so much that mm-hmm. I can move it." No, um, does that mean he's going to? He's never going to one day move the Carolina Hurricanes? Probably not. I think he's a guy that. You know, I mean, he's obviously a guy that is very, very, very involved in the machinations of the businesses that he runs. And that includes the hockey team. Mm. So I could see, I mean, if it's just not going to work ever, I I could see where he would be like, okay, this is enough. And uh, if, you know, if the lease allows me to move and if the NHL allows me to move maybe I'll do it but to actually sabotage the whole thing and first of all he's not doing that because they're kind of putting together something mm. that could the Skinner trade
1: <laughs> the Skinner trade for future, <laughs> for, for futures, kind of contradicts. I agree with you. In, when the Dougie had to they, trade deadline. What,
2: what would they have gotten for him at the trade deadline? What would they have gotten for Jeff Skinner at the trade
1: deadline? I don't know. But you, the fact that there was no roster player coming back,
0: yeah, and it also still they felt didn't, like a they seller didn't trade. have to trade him. Yeah, they didn't have to. They, trade him. they could have. They could have offered him a contract.
2: Yeah, I, instead assume, of not. Offering no, but I'm, a no contract. but I'm assuming that that wasn't something that they thought was going to be best for the franchise going forward to mm-hmm. offer him a seven or eight year deal. Um, you know, so, so I mean, I, no, I, I, can't see anybody in hockey ever doing something like that.
0: Yeah. That's the plot to the movie major league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and even, and, 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 and slap shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I could see, what I could see more likely happening is something that a lot of owners have to deal with, uh, when you have franchises that, that don't necessarily, uh, draw well, uh, is rich guys don't like to lose money.
2: Nope.
0: So, I mean, I you know I, I don't I don't know Dundon. Um, I don't know his psychological profile, but I mean, if he loses ten twenty million dollars for a couple of years, does he say Which to he himself? Will. Which he will. Which he will. Yeah. Does he say to himself? This isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Or does he say? Ah, you know what? I could have bought a yacht. I could have bought a mega yacht. Uh, but this is much more fun because I'm in. You know, I, I'm. I'm in this community, and I have this team, and they let me go on the ice during practice, or you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever owners do if they oh, feel I, like it.
2: Yeah, I that's take his the kids big one. The dressing room. And, yeah,
0: the uh, kids can go in the dressing yeah, room. But, yeah. but uh,
2: you know, excuse me for saying that, he will lose ten or twenty million dollars a year. He may not, because as I understand it, the Carolina Hurricanes actually, you know, when you took into account the equalization payments and mm-hmm. everything, they, they sort of. Almost kind of broke even last year. So okay. well, there you go. Um, so yeah, so so maybe he doesn't lose bucket loads of money yeah. for 10 years straight. Yeah, you but know. you know, I,
0: but he needs to be prepared to lose some money. And, and really, let's be honest here, if he did sell the team, he would still make a huge profit because that's how all North American franchises work. Yeah. Even if you lose money for a couple of years, yeah. you know, most likely, you're gonna make that back yeah, uses, you sell. It appreciates in value. It appreciates in value, part, yeah. yeah. Um, so, as long as he knows what those sort of parameters are, then it's fine, but I, I, I don't see I don't see them moving. I, I see it more a case of, um, you know, Dundon moving on because he doesn't wanna lose money, or, you know, he just doesn't gets feel tired. like doing it anymore, yeah, he just yeah. gets tired of it, and that's fine. Um, But, I mean, if he falls in love with it, then that's great for Hurricanes fans because you get an owner who's clearly engaged and clearly cares about the product and uh, and is very present. And you get that guy long-term. That's fantastic.
2: And the NHL has, has like, Fought through the desert heat to keep the Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> literally, against all sort of conventional thinking to keep the Arizona Coyotes in place. They, you know, it's yeah. it's almost like they must have thought for a while, like, what are we doing? Who are we even fighting against anymore? Like yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, and and so they've done that for the Arizona Coyotes. So for a market that would probably be a little more fertile if the team was good, Mm -hmm. you would think the NHL will have a lot to say about that, too.
0: And keep in mind, the only reason the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg is because the owners couldn't agree on the Atlanta Hawks, who they also own. Right. And they hated each other, and they couldn't figure anything out. And that's why it all went south for the Thrashers. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: I still wonder, too, in this case, would Houston even be the relocation? Because realignment-wise... It's more likely that if Carolina did move, they would move to an States, east location, yeah. so maybe it would be Quebec as a bailout. And I think if any team's gonna move to Houston, as I've said before, it's Arizona because Seattle's gonna create a nine team Pacific. You're gonna want a team in the central, mm. which only has seven divisions, Houston's central time zone. So Arizona going to Houston makes a ton of sense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. Christian Storino asks, Will anyone outscore Connor McDavid this year? Mm. so to me it comes down to someone from one of three teams and they are the three most stacked teams in one, terms of the lineup the one that place for of, yes. one <laughs> that plays for the one that has Mark Seifley and Patrick Line and Blake yeah, Wheeler yeah. and the one that has Austin Matthews and John Tavares and Mitch mm. Marner I think if anybody other than McDavid can win the scoring title it's going to be Probably a center, although Kucherov outscores Samko, so maybe in that yeah. case it's a winger. But it could be Shifley. If Line 8 ends up playing with Shifley or Wheeler has another monster year, their power play is so good. Same with Toronto. It could yeah. be Tavares or Austin Matthews. Those teams are just so talent-rich. I mean, it's still going to be McDavid. And, 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 I, and I think the,
2: and I think that the fact that they are so talent-rich would keep them from being able to surpass McDavid in terms of points because you're spreading the points around, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so they're still going to score a ton, but nobody's going to be, uh, you know, a 130-point scorer, mm-hmm. you know. But on the Edmonton Oilers, you could see Connor McDavid scoring 120 points mm-hmm. all by himself yeah. because he has to, because he has to, you know. Like, I mean, you've got Leon Draisaitl, you've got a few other guys, but, you know, you got Rnh, and and, uh, you know, if, if he turns out to be – you know, the guy that can play with McDavid on a regular basis, then that bumps up McDavid's numbers. But, I mean, I think a lot of it is just, you know, situational. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin Matthews has played barely any power play time in his, in his career, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And I don't know how much he's going to play going forward, probably a little bit more. But, I mean, if somebody's getting points for Edmonton, it's going to be Connor McDavid likely. Yeah. You know. Now, keep in
0: mind, Connor McDavid could get hurt. Yep, and that's the big X factor. here. Well, yeah,
2: but I, I think you're you're assuming that everybody stays healthy. You have to go yeah, on yeah, the, or I guess to so. play the hot take game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah, be. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, someone else got
1: yeah. 120. My hot take: <laughs> David
2: blows out his knee in the first <laughs> game of the year and yeah. misses the whole season.
0: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, in that case, the only the only way it's not McDavid is if McDavid gets sick of doing all the work himself and says, "You know what? For the next ten games,
2: I'm just gonna skate around and do nothing." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I don't think that's in his yeah, DNA. I don't think
2: that's in his DNA.
1: No. Yeah. No. Yeah. you know my. Yeah. Deep sleeper is for like a crazy high point total this year. David Pasternak. Oh yeah. Uh, that like he showed in the playoffs. He had what twenty points in twelve yeah. games. I think yeah. it was or yeah. fourteen games. Yeah. Monster point totals. And that line is so dominant. Yeah. And I think it's underrated offensively. Like, like Brad Marchand points per game is right in the very elite, like right behind McDavid, right up there with Kucherov and Nathan McKinnon the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Pasternak, I describe him as he was drafted to be a solid NHLer, then he became a star, and now it's like, oh wait, maybe that was also an underestimation. And yeah. what if yeah. David yeah. Pasternak's going to be a superstar? He's only, what, 21, 22 years old. Yep. So he's, to me, a sleeper to, to post a monster point total. Well, I guess that's it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the hot takes. If you like hot takes, don't worry. Just go to Ken's Twitter feed. You'll find plenty more. And starting next podcast, we will be previewing all the divisions one by one. It'll be the Atlantic Division preview next time out. Thanks for listening.